Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia-tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, and is it worth the price of admission? I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Tony Hawk Pro Skater on the PlayStation. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I did too. This is one that ate up a lot of hours of my childhood, and I haven't really thought about it in a long time. So it was a nice surprise. Yeah, I, I mentioned to you that if I had to rate the franchises that I had spent the most time on in all of my life, Tony Hawk would probably be in like the top three or top five. I played a lot of this game when I was younger. Yeah, it's kind of weird because this is one that we definitely played a lot in our house, but it's not one like when I think back and like I just start listing off stuff, I, I kind of like forgot this game existed. But we spent a lot of time with this game, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, I think, so the second one was, I think, the first game I bought for my PS1. I mowed my uncle's lawn for several weeks until I saved up money for a PS1, and then I think that this was one of the first games that I ever bought for myself. Dang. And so I actually think I owned the second one before I bought the, or before I got the first one for Christmas one year. And so I think I came to the first one after the second one. We definitely had the first one first. And uh, we had an, we didn't ever have a PlayStation. We had the N64. So we played the N64 version. And then I remember later on playing the other ones uh, on our PlayStation 2. Uh, I specifically remember the Underground games. And I think Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Yeah. But uh played a lot of these games. And uh, they start off very grounded skateboarding games. <laughs> right it's you know this is tony hawk a bunch of his skateboarding friends you're skating around on ramps and and it's like you know normal places where you'd be skating and then as the series progressed you started getting more and more crazy and ridiculous stuff in it and it seemed like the later games got more of that style and less of the i mean it was still a skateboarding game but it got a little bit wacky but these early ones were definitely more just straight up skateboarding yeah, I think um, I feel like Tony Hawk Four is kind of when they started um, pivoting a little bit into the more silly sort of objectives and goals. And um, I think Tony Hawk Underground Two was when it was like oh, Viva La Bam and like all those things were huge. Yeah, and so that's kind of when I think what they were chasing is is Bam's popularity at the time. But I definitely think, man. These games got better as time went on for a long time. Yeah, I until mean, it just for sure the controls got better. The stuff you could do it was more like you were a professional skateboarder, and any trick that you could think of, you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this original game, you you can uh, you can jump, you can do flip tricks, you can do grab tricks, and you can grind, uh, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different variations of those, but you know, you weren't doing manuals and you weren't doing like crazy transitions really there's some but uh definitely a little bit more simple yeah i was reading on wikipedia i think it was that they they wanted to put manuals into the first game but they didn't have the time um and i guess they started the second game like a month before the first game actually came out dang um so yeah i don't know they were ready to go. They were like, they were, this is going to be a hit. We know it's going to be a hit. Let's just start going. Well, actually, another th- interesting tidbit that was on Wikipedia is they offered Tony Hawk a lump sum for like the permanent usage of his name in the franchise. Yeah. Which he turned down for a percentage of royalty 
royalties instead. And uh, within two years, he made 10 times what they offered him uh, initially in that lump sum. Yeah, he knew it was going to be a big thing. That's funny. I know that he has like nothing to do with the uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater anymore. I've seen him like on Twitter, like there's like bring back the game. He's like, I I don't own that yeah franchise or whatever. So who knows where it's at now? But he yeah. made a smart business move and became right. a household name. Uh, I don't know for a fact when like everybody in my neighborhood became obsessed with skateboarding, but I think it was after the, the this first game came out. Yeah, I had mentioned that too because it's like, are these all birdhouse skaters? Was like one of the questions you asked when when uh, when we were playing, and I was like, no, you know, Jamie Thomas is on zero, and, <laughs> and Jeff Raleigh's on flip, and I'm like, oh yeah, I got really into skateboarding after this. Yeah, that's why I know like all these like skateboarding brands. I think that this really was the the franchise or the the thing in culture that got me more into it. Yeah, I remember going online and subscribing to, not even subscribing, there was like a catalog called CCS. Yep. And yep. they would send it to you for free. And I was like, wow, they'll send yeah, me this yeah, magazine yeah. for free. And it had pictures of skateboarders in there. And I would like cut them out and put them in yep. my locker. Because yeah. I was in middle school and it was like, man, yeah, I got all these guys, like these sweet skateboarders from the game. And yeah, yeah, I, we all got obsessed. We were terrible. Nobody in my neighborhood was really any good. Right. I never even could manage to Ollie. Really? Nope. Never, never managed to. I do remember learning how to pop shove it, which didn't require you to ollie. You kind of just like flipped your board around <laughs> sort of and tried not to fall off. Uh, and I do remember like taking my board and scraping it on the curb to make it look like I knew how to board slide. <laughs> but never once in my life did I ever actually manage to. Like I know like some of my brothers were a little bit better. Yeah. And they could actually like ollie. And some of the kids in my neighborhood actually a little bit knew what they were doing. But we'd play like horse like you know, or like skate, you know, or one right, person would do a right. trick and somebody else, and it would be like all like the one kid who knew how to do a kickflip would just destroy right. everybody, and it was like, yeah. yeah. I think I can count on one hand the number of kickflips that I was ever able to land in my skateboarding career. Yeah, I can count mine on zero hands. Wow. So. Yeah, that's funny. I got but, into I learned to drop in, and so I enjoyed you know like skating back and forth on vert ramps, but. uh so you were legit, man. Like not, I, I'm like out in like in my driveway or like in the street, like falling over and like being terrible. But you actually got on a real ramp. I yeah, I wanted to be good at skateboarding, but like I mentioned to you when we were playing about the time that I had a, a softball sized bruise on my hip from falling from vert ramps was when I was like, yeah, I don't know that I want to keep doing this because I'm probably gonna break some bones and end up in the hospital, and that's not something that I'm really too enthusiastic about i don't think i'm committed to like breaking my teeth on concrete no yeah see i was much more into the uh the video game uh than i was into real skateboarding because there's a lot less chance of getting hurt in that right yeah so yeah but these games were huge and and i'm pretty sure that the game came before all of my friends excitement i could be wrong but i feel like these got a lot of kids our age into skateboarding yeah for sure so do you want to move into what the game does well yeah, let's do that. All right. Um, for me, I think the best part about this, looking back on it, this game is just a simple, straightforward skateboarding game. Mm-hmm. And there's some of the things of the later games that um, kind of bugged me. It got away from skateboarding a bit. And so coming back to this after a long time of not playing it, and they're like, oh, man, yeah, this is just Tony Hawk and a bunch of skateboarders and some ramps, and you're doing skateboarding tricks. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, collecting stuff and, like, all that but the main idea is skateboarding, and I think to me that was the best part. Is it's like it's just back to basics, 
doing tricks and yeah it was a lot of fun yeah for sure i agree it was fun um i my first exposure to this game as i mentioned when we were playing was like the demo kiosk at target and i just remember like playing the the chicago skate park level over and over and over again and just trying to figure out like how do you get higher scores like i'm chasing these scores and stuff like that and i don't know how to do it and just having so much fun um doing that and then eventually like looking at i I brought out uh, a game pro from november of 99 which is roughly when the game was released i think it actually came out in september fall of 99 but i remember being on vacation in Florida with my family and, and having this magazine, I think it was, and looking at these screenshots and just like really wanting to like be able to play this game, the full version of it so bad. Um, it might've been a little later when the N64 version came out, which I think was, I don't know, six or something months later. Uh, I think it came out in like spring or winter of 2000. Um, but just being, being kind of addicted to it from the first time that I ever really played it. And I feel like playing it today, there was still some of that like draw to it to like do better and have fun. And, and obviously it's not as easy to, to chain long combos together on the first one. There's no manuals or anything like that. Yeah. And so it's, it's a little bit harder of a game, but I still found myself, I didn't, uh, I, what did we play it for? We played it for about an hour and a half, almost two hours. Yeah, a couple hours. And I never found myself like ready to just be done with it. No, yeah. It's a, it's a fun game. Yeah. Each level, for those of you who have never played before, there's a bunch of levels. You start uh, in the career mode with just the one level unlocked. Mm-hmm. And there's these tapes, like VHS tapes, which is kind of funny because even by this time, yeah. like those were kind of on their way out. And right. they were heading into the DVD age. But you would collect tapes uh, by doing all sorts of stuff, by getting high score combos, by uh, each level has a, a collectible, a couple collectible challenges, like the word skate. You got to find all the letters, the five letters of skate. Or you might have to knock over five signs or break five uh, glass panels or whatever it is. Um, there's usually a couple different high score ones. And then there's a hidden tape. Where you got to find it, it's probably stuck somewhere weird. We got to jump really high or find a secret area. Mm-hmm. And when you collect the tapes, it unlocks more levels. And so that was the second thing that I had written down that I thought was really cool was just the the different challenges mm-hmm. that made each level not just like trying to get a high score, but there was different things to do and different ways to challenge yourself and to find new areas of the level. And uh, that made it a lot of fun too. Yeah. Uh, first. I think since this came out in like fall of 99, I think VHS tapes actually still were around because they were. DVDs didn't really blow up till like the PS2 came out. They were around, but I mean, I feel like, we but were... it was very early on. So it's not, I don't think it's that weird of, I Anyways, know maybe, um, I don't remember now. Like I, I, <laughs> I'm just trying to think back of like when in 2000, I was in fifth grade. Did we have DVDs yet? I don't know. Maybe not. I've just like tried to forget like tape media and all the headaches <laughs> that came with it and like getting right. tape stuck in your VCR and watching a tape too many times <laughs> and it starts making weird noises and yeah. But anyways, yeah, back to, uh, back to the game. Um, 
one of the things I have written down is is the progression of levels is kind of fun. So you have or or balanced, I should say. You have these five tapes that you have to get in every level and you unlock new levels with certain numbers of tapes. And so I felt like there was a good balance of like challenging you to do everything in a level, but also being lenient enough to the point where you could move on to another level if you were having trouble with one. Yeah, um, like if you can't hit that top score, you're going to be able to do some other challenges and you're going to be able to unlock the next level. Right. And we should say, too, there's a two-minute timer by default in sort of the career single-player mode. There's also a free skate mode where you can just load up whatever level and just skate around however you want. But by default, there's a two-minute timer, which, as I mentioned when we were playing, like it adds an interesting stress to the game and not necessarily in a bad way. Um, there was one or two times where it was, where we were, uh, we got four out of the five things that we were supposed to find and it was like, Oh crap, where's the last one? Just need that last one. And it, there's like a, a funny stress that I think is unique to this series, at least in, in my experience that it's like, yeah. Or you got like five seconds left. And it's like, oh, I need 2000 more points to hit that top score. Right. And you're like, you're just trying so hard and then you crash. Cause you're like trying to get it in before the time runs out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fun, like one more try or like tension to that, that sort of pressure to, yeah. to kind of collect the things within two minutes. I like that if you're in the air or if you've started a trick or a grind or whatever, once the time runs out, you can still finish your combo. Mm-hmm. So like you, you're trying to like grind one more rail or do one more trick. And it's kind of funny. Sometimes you nail it and it's awesome. And sometimes you extend yourself too far and you crash and you, you mm-hmm. miss it. Yeah. But yeah, the challenges are awesome and it, it adds a, a good depth to the game. Mm-hmm. And they really ran with that in the later games and they really expanded the challenges and stuff. But this one, you got, I think it was five challenges per level. Yeah, there's a nice simplicity to this first game that I, I really like a lot. The next thing I have uh, written down is that the levels also feel pretty classic. Um, I don't know, because I've played this game so much that I don't know if it's nostalgia or if it's legitimately good game design, but I feel like these levels just feel timeless to me. I think that it's it depends on the level. Some of them are really good, like that first level and the school and the skate park. Those are some good levels. There are some ones that don't feel as good, mm-hmm. like the mall or the even the downhill one. I actually love the mall and the downhill jam. Really? Yeah, I do. See, I always like preferred like the vert skating, like going on the ramps and just like staying in a half yeah. pipe and doing stuff. And so in levels that like forced you to keep going down or like moving in a constant direction, I always preferred the ones that let you just be in a skate park kind of thing. Well, those the downhill jam in the mall, um, as I was like researching, looking on Wikipedia, since the game is motivated by Sega's top skater, which I didn't really look into, but I've, I played a few times, but that's more of like a downhill, like skating game, which is basically why this game exists in the first place is because Activision had said that they wanted something to compete with that. And so that's actually why those levels are the way they are is because the game started off heavily influenced by that that game in the arcade. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, and there's definitely a place for them. I'm sure some people love them, but mm-hmm. uh, like yeah, so there you go. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but yeah, some of the, I feel like some of the levels are definitely, I don't know, maybe it's just taste, but there's some levels that I enjoy more and I feel more classic. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some, there's definitely a hierarchy 
to the classicness of some of the levels, but I, I don't feel like there's a level in here in this first game, at least that I don't really want to play. I mean, maybe the downtown level is my least favorite get hit by cars and getting hit by cars is not fun. Yeah. The, the grass that slows you down, not fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's some cool stuff. I mean, yeah, it, there's not a huge assortment of levels and they did a good job of, uh, there's not really any huge duds that are like, Oh, it's just yeah. completely avoid that. There's a lot of fun levels. You're not constantly going back to one. I remember we, like my third thing that I have written down that I really liked about this game was the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I had brothers I and too. we would go head to head all the time. And I don't remember like specifically always playing the same level. Yeah. Like, we played the first level. We played the school. We played the skate park. We played the Roswell level. Like there mm-hmm. was a lot of variation. There was only a few that you didn't do multiplayer just because they didn't work as good multiplayer single yeah. player. But uh, there's a good variety. And we, it wasn't like when we played James Bond, Goldeneye, mm-hmm. like, we always played the stack yeah. over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, Temple. But it was like a lot of the levels, it was just like, we're not playing that. In this game, there yeah. was a little bit more variety, and we would play uh, a bigger stretch of levels. So, yeah, I think they did do a really good job with the level design. Yeah, and to speak more to the multiplayer, which I think is one of the strong points of this game, the modes are simple but fun. You have graffiti, which is like whoever does a trick on a piece of uh, terrain, it turns their color. And if the other player does a higher score on it, then they steal it. And so you're just like painting the level. Yeah, it's basically the original Splatoon. <laughs> I've never played Splatoon. Oh, really? So I can't really speak to that. Yeah, but it's all about just who controls, not necessarily the most percentage-wise, but each ramp gives you one yeah. thing and, and it counts. So you want, if you got 20 and your friend got 18, whoever has more at the end of the level is going to win. Yeah, and then there's Trick Attack, which is just straight up trying to get a high score higher score than the other person. Um, and then there is, what is it? Horse. I don't think we didn't actually play the last one. Yeah. There's, there's a, the horse mode, which I think, Oh, it's been so long since I played it, but I think that you do a trick and then your friend tries to get a higher score total in a single Mm -hmm. combo. Right. So yeah, it's not straight up skate where you have to do exactly what the other person did. But it's, no, it's score based. It, it was in my memory. We didn't play that one as often. We were more likely to play trick attack or graffiti. Yeah, I think the other two are more fun concepts. Yeah, I mean it lasts a little bit longer, and it's not mm-hmm. just like trying to do one combo. Uh, that is everything that I have written down for the pros. Did you have anything else? Uh, yeah, I had the soundtrack. Um, See, I, I had- like the soundtrack a lot. We normally have a pros section, like the stuff it does well, and then a, and then a second section of the stuff it doesn't do well. And I actually th- today had to add an in between section <laughs> for the music because I'm really on the fence with the music. It has a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, grew up listening to pop punk and ska music, and there's a lot yeah. of that here. And these songs are great, but you know. It's only a handful of songs, and when you play for two hours and you get the same two minutes of those same handful of songs over and over, it starts to get a little bit repetitive. I could see that. Um, I feel like the soundtrack to the first, I'd say, three Tony Hawk Pro Skater games were the original uh, Spotify Discover section in my life. Because <laughs> there was a lot of music that I had never heard, and this exposed me to a lot of that. And I love... I, I, I think... Again, it's hard. It's really hard to take off nostalgic glasses on this one. Um, 
I don't know if I was coming to this game for the first time today, if the soundtrack would feel like as awesome. But to me, even listening to like the main menu music, which is just like a generic kind of loop, um, there's something about the soundtrack that I'm like, yep. See, yep. That's, it's funny because like I listened to that, those genres of music, but I don't have any clue who the actual bands are in any of those yeah. tracks because it doesn't like pop up and tell you. Right. And we like we didn't have anything other than dial up at the time so i wasn't like going in and like asking right. jeeves or aol or whatever <laughs> trying to figure out who who is this band so i right i don't know who the, those bands are and i yeah. don't even like i know those songs because they're on this soundtrack right but i was never really using it as a spotify discovery that's funny though because i've heard other people say that like, like well that was the first time i ever heard this band or whatever yeah but uh i don't know i liked the music but it does start to get a little repetitive and we had the PlayStation version, which I believe has more songs and has better quality versions. I grew up with the N64 version, and it was definitely uh, not the same quality soundtrack. Yeah, so as I was poking around YouTube and, and Wikipedia and stuff, what I was reading was that the N64 version had like truncated, compressed audio and that they took out the vocals of some of the songs. Um because the N64 could only, the cartridges could only hold, I think, 50 or 60 megs, maybe 40, versus the 600 megs on the PlayStation disc. I think um, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like I when, when I was reading something with the N64 cards, they could go up to like 60, but those were like really expensive to produce. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the normal, I'm pretty sure that this Tony Hawk game was like something like 12 megabytes, uh, like something really small. I don't know about that. Um, I think I... It must be 40 that I saw somewhere. Okay. I don't know. Somebody's um, going to be like listening to us and be like, these guys are idiots. Right. But it's definitely smaller than the PlayStation version because a disc can just hold way more. It's a lot cheaper yeah. to produce. Uh, the cartridges are great because you don't have loading times, but they definitely <laughs> have their drawbacks. If somebody's listening like, why aren't they talking about the Dreamcast version? Because it's the definitive version of this game. Is that true? Uh, again, poking around doing research, it seems like the Dreamcast version is just like the best of both the N64 and the PS1 versions. Oh, nice. I guess makes sense. Um, I had exactly one friend who owned a Dreamcast <laughs> and he didn't have many games. What he did have was Crazy Taxi, which we played a lot. That's a great game. But I feel like the Dreamcast was just one of those things where not many people had it and when people did have it, you know, it just it doesn't have the same staying power because it Sega kind of just evaporated and became yeah. a you know a game maker after that. So I'm sorry to any of you who are out there, Dreamcast fans. Uh, you know, love your thing. That's fine. We just don't know about it. <laughs> right. Dreamcast is one of those things where like I'm like eventually I want to start getting into collecting Dreamcast, but it's it's just not. It's a little bit inconvenient at this point. I don't own a Dreamcast. I don't own any Dreamcast games. So like maybe someday. I'll get into the Dreamcast, but it's not that we don't like the Dreamcast. We just aren't that experienced with it. Yeah, no, other than tr- Crazy Taxi, which is a great game. Right. So, Which I also remember playing at the demo kiosk at Target a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> demo kiosk and at the arcade. Uh, but the demo kiosk was great because you didn't have to spend quarters. Yeah. Um. Also, we should mention while we're talking about the Dreamcast version, there's also a Nokia N-Gage version, which I was reading. What remind me again because I don't know what that is. <laughs> the Nokia N gauge was uh, Nokia's attempt at 
competing with like the Game Boy Advance and mixing it with like a cell phone. Oh, basically. When did uh, that was, come out? Was that later? Uh, what? It must have been two thousand three, I think. Okay, so a something. while after this game came out. Yeah, but I was watching a couple of YouTube videos of gameplay and like a Metal Jesus Rocks video. Um, a what now? Metal Jesus Rocks. It's a retro game YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I was actually surprised at the cell phone quality of this game on that device. It like looks like it's pretty good, but it's like a super obscure. I n- I know that there game. there was a Game Boy version of this game that game is color. nothing like yeah. the game. I remember playing yep. that at a friend's house and being like, "Oh, this is disappointing." Yep. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. But right. it wasn't that. Yeah, it's like all top down and stuff. Yeah, super weird. Um, do you want to talk about what the game didn't do so well? Yeah, and this is an interesting one because, you know, this is where we kind of have to try to take off the nostalgia glasses a little bit and and think about this game, you know, objectively. And the hard thing is, as a person who's played a lot of the later games in this series, I, I really, really appreciate the fact that this is just a skateboarding game. Mm-hmm. But there's some of the stuff in those later games that they just improved on so much. The physics were better. The controls were better. Yeah. Uh, they added just a lot more skateboarding moves to make it more realistic to like what you would see if you turned on the X Games yeah. or whatever. And so just all of that stuff from the later games, now going back to this first one, you kind of miss it. Yeah, that's one of the things I also have written down is it's just, it needs the mechanics of the future games to truly be as good as it possibly can be. And it just, it suffers as a result of not having like manuals and reverts specifically. I I think uh, the game does benefit from not having all of that extra stuff though. Because if you thought like, if I went back now and tried to play like underground or something and you boot it up and there's a long story mode Mm -hmm. and it kind of like holds your hand a little bit. And like, there's all this stuff you got to do before you can just jump in and play. Yeah. And I love today that we were able to just turn this on, jump in, boom, we're going for it. Like five minutes later, we've unlocked a second level. Like we're going like, it was really nice to just jump in and do all that stuff. Um, yeah. so it is kind of like, you know, a double-edged sword because it's missing a lot of that stuff, yeah. but the fact that it doesn't have it does make it more accessible and easy to jump into, but it definitely doesn't control as well. And it doesn't have all this stuff, all those improvements that they made from making, you know, two, three, four, the underground games, like they made a whole lot of games and they were always improving. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess a subjective thing, but they were always making improvements to the, you know, the, the platform. Yeah, one of the the comparisons that popped into my mind as we were playing it is it's a little bit like Super Mario Brothers 1 versus Super Mario 3. Oddly enough, now that I'm thinking about it, Tony Hawk 1 versus Tony Hawk 3, I feel like is a similar um, comparison because when you had the reverts and the manuals, I feel like my personal favorite in the franchise is Tony Hawk 3. That kind of stands out to me too. Yeah. Is like, I was thinking like they, that was where they hit the mark with like cool stuff, but not getting too crazy. Yeah. Eventually you could like get off your skateboard and do slow motion tricks and like all yeah. this weird stuff. And I feel like Tony Hawk three was the, the culmination of everything that made this franchise as kind of legendary as it is. Yeah. And then Activision just did what they do. Like they did with guitar hero and things like that, where they just keep making it and people are like, okay, we're done. Yeah. So, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that it's gone away now. Cause I feel like, we're at a time now, I, I never got into the skate games, which I know mm-hmm. a lot of people loved, but 
But I would kind of be interested in seeing them bring this back and seeing what they could do, taking it back to, you know, taking away a lot of that extra stuff or maybe like making it that optional. Uh, But I feel like, you know, skateboarding is not as big as it was at the time, but who knows what it could be if they they came back and had another smash hit Tony Hawk game. They, we we did get Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 a few years ago, and really? it was notoriously bad. Um, <laughs> okay. Maybe the world doesn't need another skateboarding yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, because I think a lot of people wanted it to be good, but it just... It didn't do well, and it's not good. I haven't played it, but... Um, you were telling me that Tony Hawk himself actually released uh, a mobile game this past week? I don't know about ago? himself. Oh, well, his I think name's he was involved, it, right? but yeah, there's a new like Tony Hawk sort of pro skater style free to play mobile game, which I played for about three minutes before I was like, yeah, no, I don't think this controls well enough for me to like no, stick I'm... with it. I don't even can't really like ollie or kickflip. And maybe if I would have spent 15 minutes with it, um, I would feel differently. And maybe, you know, it'd been funny if they made it like tech decks, you know, those little skateboards that you used with your fingers, because yeah. I'm trying to think, how would you even control it in a mobile game? You need like all the virtual joystick kind of a thing. Yeah, but you need a bunch of buttons and all that stuff. It's virtual buttons and it's just not great. It's no, it's it's probably what you'd expect out of a trying to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater on a touchscreen. Yeah, but if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're like, man, I really want to play a skateboard video game, you could download this free game and maybe you will enjoy it more than Dan did. Or you could play a good skateboarding game on a console. Hey, that's always an option, but you know, everybody's <laughs> got their phone with them at all times. They don't always have their N64 or their PlayStation. If you're dying to play a skateboarding game right now, Skate 1 or Skate 2 on Xbox 360 or PS3. Again, I don't always carry my Xbox 360 around. It's no. actually packed away in a closet somewhere. But if you have one hooked up and you you need to like go find a skateboarding game right now to play, Those Skate 1, ones. Skate 2 are fantastic. All right. The next thing that I have is it's hard to land tricks on this one. I feel like it's it's fairly unforgiving. I kept trying to do a 900 when we were first playing, and it's like brutally difficult and almost impossible. And this came out at a time where Tony Hawk, I think, had just landed one of the first 900s ever. And I know that it was a lot easier in future iterations of the game to land the trick, but like I kept missing it by like... 180 degrees or like 90 degrees I would almost land this trick and you just can't it's so hard the physics in this game they just don't do you any favors for trying to get huge combos no and that's something that they definitely loosened up in the later games Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah it's not as realistic but it was a lot more fun to be able to chain together like an yeah. infinite number of grinds and spins and manuals. And like you could just keep going for the entire two minute clock and just like have it be one combo. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I play video games predominantly to have fun. Yeah. And so I don't mind that, you know, Tony Hawk three got away from the realism of Tony Hawk one. And I was able to revert into manuals, into grinds, into special tricks and all this stuff, even though it's like, that's not realistic at all, but it's like, well, it's a video game. Maybe there's fun a, to do all that stuff. It is fun to do all that stuff. Maybe there's a market out there for like a more simulator style skateboard game, and it mm-hmm. could be like, you know, Rodney Mullen Skate Simulator 2019, and uh, you know, it's a lot. You got to like spend hours and hours practicing, and you actually have to like maybe use a Wii Balance board. Okay. You know, there's you mean a Tony Hawk Downhill Jam. 
Is that a thing? He had like a skateboard peripheral game. And it was oh, pretty bad. Oh, I remember this now thinking about was yeah. it was it in the arcade? Uh I don't know if there's an arcade version, but I think there was actually two games where you used a skateboard peripheral and I think wow. they were both pretty terrible. That like which is is something in the back of my mind. Maybe maybe a friend had it or something. That's kind of funny yeah. now that you say that bringing up these memories. This game or this franchise has really been drugged through the mud. <laughs> they, <laughs> which is sad because it has uh I would say four to six fantastic games. That's pretty good for a franchise, though. Yeah, but considering the percentage of the franchise that those games actually represent, I feel like that's less than 50%. Yeah, I had a I had a Tony Hawk game on my DS that was uh, pretty terrible, too. Oh, man. I don't even know what game you're talking about. Yeah, well, they made one for... There's, too, there's just too many of them. DS or DSi or... It wasn't 3DSs before yeah. that, so I don't know. But to speak to your skateboard simulator, that's part of what Skate actually is. Uh, the Skate franchise was like you were doing tricks with the right analog stick. Okay. Um, so you would like hold down to Ollie and then you would like flick it up into the right to do a kickflip or flick it up into the left to do a heel flip kind of a thing. So they were trying to provide a more grounded take in, in the midst of the, the yeah. crazy Tony Hawk underground mm-hmm. games. So you had like more realistic physics and, and the tricks. You were, your right thumb was essentially what your feet should be doing on the board to actually do the tricks. And it, was, it worked really well. Um, and, and in fact... I think I actually like and appreciate the skate franchise more than the Tony Hawk franchise. Or at least I remember when the first skate game came out, I was like, screw Tony Hawk. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm, this is way better. And I think that that was after Tony Hawk underground two had come out and I was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know that this franchise, I mean, I think it was way after that, but, um, I think it was after American wasteland and project eight and all that stuff. And I was just kind of like, this game got away from what I really enjoyed about it and so if you're looking for a skateboarding simulator that's not you know as crazy as tony hawk got then the skate franchise is definitely a good place to do it i don't like the third game as much but i really do like the first two games a lot nice well it's good to know there's a lot of options out there if you're (laughs) dying for a skateboard game there's probably something out there that will meet whatever you want whether it's realistic or completely unrealistic and wacky there's a lot of options, and there's some good ones in all of those different ranges. Yeah, and I think there's actually a couple of newer skateboarding games in development, like indie games that are um, coming up that are kind of chasing what skate does because EA doesn't seem to want to make another skate game, even though a lot of people seem to want them to make a skate game. Um, side note, Ali Ali and Ali Ali 2 are great skateboarding games. They're like 2D side-scrolling things where you're using the right stick to do tricks and stuff are those like old games new games uh they're available on current platforms okay so we're not talking about like the california sports uh no no skateboarding with the gorilla kind of thing you can play them on ps4 and i think they were even on 360 and i think they're on vita now now bringing this way back retro did you ever play the california sports or the are you uh, talking about california games california games thank you hockey sack yeah, and or the like 1080. Was it called or five seven twenty? There was like a I had it. We had a yellow NES skateboarding game when Talk I was about a skate little or die? kid. No, it was called like 720. There's or, okay, yeah. 720 is a game I never played. Yeah, it wasn't but, great. It wasn't yeah. great. California games I got really into as a kid. Really? Yeah. 
Um, so I used to do this thing, and maybe we all do it. Maybe it's the nature of being a kid and not having a large selection of games. Yeah. But I used to do this thing where I would get really into a game and un- and try to unpack and understand like all the mechanics. And so like California games, I got into being good at at some point where I'm like, I, I want to get the full like experience out of this game. So I would do like the biking over and over again, or I would do the skateboarding over and over again until I understood it and I can get a high score at it. And so I actually like California games. See, we had it and never played it because it was hard. Yeah. And you'd like try it and you're like, this isn't fun. I keep mm-hmm. dying or not dying, but whatever. I keep failing. Yeah. But it's actually a lot of fun once you understand how to play it. Yeah. I guess I just never, I never tried it enough. It's the same with like we had Silver Surfer and I never made it past <laughs> like the first 30 seconds of that game. And so it just sat there and didn't get played because it was too hard. Uh, we may have to tackle Silver Surfer at some point. I have it, and I've probably spent less than an hour with it. Yeah, I don't have any fond memories of that game. Yeah, well, maybe we can make some for the show. Maybe we can make some. <laughs> um, the last thing I have for the for what the game didn't do so well is the graphics kind of seem mediocre now. See, I... Uh, without nostalgic glasses on? I mean, yeah, they're not going to be... You're, it's not something you want in a game today. No. But I feel like they're actually not terrible. No, they're and, not terrible. I, I said mediocre. No, they're yeah. But I, I feel like as far <laughs> as that generation, yeah, no, bad I agree. And but great. I, I feel like for that generation, especially for a game trying to recreate like realistic looking graphics, uh, you know, as far as it's not like Mario or like something like that, it's not cartoony. I feel like it actually does a pretty good job. And the the PlayStation version that we played today, the fact that it had like real video screens yeah. and like stuff going like. In some levels, they'll have a video screen on the wall that's playing a music video or playing some skate videos, and you don't get those in the N64 version, but it was a, an interesting thing to like make the world feel a little bit more real, and I I mean, I usually do not have any fond memories of like N64 graphics, yeah. but if you compare like the character models in this game to something like GoldenEye, where it's basically just like rectangles with like poorly pasted faces on them, I think that this game actually is in the higher end of graphics for this generation. But you're right. It's not going to compare to anything you'd want to play today. Yeah. And on the graphics thing, uh, before we started recording, I showed you a video of the N64 versus the PS1 version. And yeah. the N64 version actually looks better. Yeah, I, it, I think it comes to your taste. Like the, the PlayStation version had more textures and like crisper textures but I think that actually kind of detracted where the, yeah. the N64 kind of had more like blur on stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you would focus more on, you know, the character and your tricks and not so much as like, oh, look, the the concrete texture. Like that's mm. not really adding to the game. Right. But the, so the PS1 has better textures and soundtrack, but the N64 version actually just looks better. Yeah, it was a little bit smoother. So. All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about this game before we move on to our next section? What did you think of the cutscenes uh, that you didn't have in the N64 version? <laughs> yeah, see, there wasn't like, there wasn't, there's not really like a story. Like, they definitely right. add story in later Tony Hawk games. There's not really a story, not really cutscenes. You do have like an intro sequence that's just like a, a skate video. Yep. Which I watched a lot of skate videos uh, back in my middle school and late elementary school days. Oh, man. And uh, it brought me back a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's like grainy eight millimeter handy cam video of like dudes yeah. uh 
kick flipping over a three set of stairs. Man. Yeah. I feel like back. this game was just so like culture shifting in some ways for it, it really for was around our age like now i work with middle school and high school students and uh, a lot of them are like if you were like oh what would you want to be it's not like a hollywood star anymore it's like i want to be a, a youtube star yeah and for us when we were in middle schools like i want to be a skateboarder i want to win gold at the x games yeah and so like for this this was like you know you get to like live the dream you get to like be yeah. that skateboarder and win those skate comps and so it would be like today, you know, kids like playing a YouTube star simulator or Which Fortnite. Which is a thing. Yeah, just Fortnite. Yeah. There, do you know that there is a YouTube simulator? I No. This yeah. is an actual thing? Yeah, it's an actual thing. Wow. It's like YouTube star simulator or something. I can't remember the exact name. Well, of I know that they but, made yeah. like a bunch of Kardashian mobile games where you could be <laughs> a Kardashian. So I guess it's not really all that dissimilar. No. But. Wow. Yeah, anyways, so yeah, this game is important. I think so. I and think so too. I'm I'm really I'm glad we played it today. Me too. I I was not expecting that at all and uh it took me back. So I think that that brings us to uh what 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 would you pay for the experience that you just had today? Oh man, see it's it's a good intersection of good memories and a game that was actually still playable mm-hmm. and uh i feel like i would pay 15 dollars wow that. yeah yeah that's a lot for you it is but is that the I, highest that you've no it's not the highest i don't know in the of the show. i don't know that's probably like the highest i would go on, my, but, on most things yeah but uh yeah it, it holds up it's a good game and uh yeah 15 bucks wow yeah for me I don't, I don't, it's, it's so hard to separate the nostalgia on this one. Yeah. I'm trying to look at it from somebody coming to this, this game for the first time with no previous knowledge is like, what would this game, what was the experience really worth? And I actually land, I would say more in the like seven to 10. See, I'm range. thinking like if somebody made this game today, obviously it would have a little bit better graphics or whatever, mm-hmm. but like if an indie studio dropped this on the eShop, cause that's always my frame of reference. Right. Like, if this dropped in the eShop, I could see it being 15 bucks yeah. for the exact same gameplay, exact same number of levels, the challenges like that. This could be an indie game that came out today with updated or different graphics, probably like some cartoony thing. I don't know. Yeah. But like the gameplay of it and like what you get, I could see somebody charging 15 bucks for that. Yeah, I think a few years back we got Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD and I think that was... $15 I want to say okay and so it does seem like this being out today it would fetch that kind of a price tag and I like Tony Hawk HD a lot of people have problems with it like there's some physics and things like that but I actually really enjoyed it because even though man that game didn't launch with the reverts in it but you could buy like a $5 revert pack oh and that's Tony terrible. Hawk 3. well it came with levels and new mechanics okay. for some okay I don't know why they did it. It doesn't make any it wasn't sense like to me. you pay five dollars to revert, and here's another five dollars, and you can manual, and yeah, here's another right, five. No, like that no. would be awful. So it was nice to go back and revisit some of these old levels with the ability to like play them with like the Tony Hawk Three mechanics. You you open a loot box and you don't know are you going to get a rare move? Are you going to get a common move? <sighs> Lord, oh gosh. So maybe I don't want and a new Tony Hawk game because I feel like that's <laughs> what it would be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um. So yeah, for me, for me, I think this is a seven to ten kind of dollar game. 
as it stands. Um, See, today. now you're making me like want to rethink because I don't ever want to be higher than you on any of these. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think that the game is going for on eBay? See, this is always so hard because like, I honestly, I have no nostalgia for like PlayStation discs because we never had one. And I, I honestly like hate CD media and I feel yeah. like that it's worthless. <laughs> uh, like if this was the cart, like the N64 cart, then, you know, I could see it being more. But I feel like all of these old PlayStation discs, like I feel like $7 would be like the topping out point. Okay. And what do you think the N64 cart goes for? I feel like an N64 cart could be like $24. $24. Wow. Yeah, it's really specific, but I feel like that's a yeah. number that I have in my head. So I was poking around eBay yesterday, and it actually looks like it goes for about 10 to $15 for a complete PlayStation copy. Okay, complete. Yeah. See, that's the thing, because nobody wants a loose disc. Well, the disc-only version goes for like 5 to 7 Okay, see, there you go. So, and the N64 version of it was trending at like seven forty-one. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> super wrong, right? Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, but everybody had it. It was everybody had it. There was copies everywhere. Interestingly enough, the uh, the N64 cart for Tony Hawk Three is the yellow like, one. No, that was Tony Hawk Two. Oh, okay, Tony Hawk Three I think was black, and the first one was blue. But the the Tony Hawk Three cart goes for like thirty bucks. Okay. I'm like, that's weird. That must be rare and unusual, but well, that, a, I was kind of surprised. A better game. Well, I don't know because, I mean, compared to like the PS2, Xbox, GameCube version of Tony Hawk 3, like I don't know that the, the PS1 and N64 versions were no good at all. No, you're right. You're um, right. I'll have to go back and, and revisit Tony Hawk 3 on PS1 because I have it on my shelf. And uh, see how that compares to the PS2 version, but I don't have very good expectations based on the little bit of it that I have played in the past. You know, this kind of makes me think back to when these games first came out. And what if, you know, Activision had decided not to make a skateboarding game and they had decided to make like an inline skating game and it could have changed like the whole course of like American culture and we would all be rolling around in roller skates instead. And, uh, it just makes me thankful that Tony Hawk put his name on this and that we got <laughs> skateboarding instead. And then we got Dave Mira and then we yeah. got Matt Hoffman. Yeah. They tried to recreate got- these games with BMX, but it never quite caught on maybe because a BMX bike is a lot more expensive and way more potential to get hurt. We also got a wakeboarding version of this, this series kind of a thing. I forget. Uh, I forget Kelly. No, Kelly Slater was the surfing version of it. They did. They just hit all these. Not as much potential as with skateboarding. I don't know. I liked the Dave Mira games, but well, I think that that covers not only (laughs) Tony Hawk one, but we did not plan to, but we ended up discussing a lot of skateboarding games and this could just, we could just put a pin in all skateboarding games right here. I don't know if I want to, though. No, I don't know if I want to either, but we sure could. Yeah, I think we could, but like, I have so much fond memories. Uh, so many fond memories of so many skateboarding games, and they all, I think, were birthed with this first Tony Hawk game, which is insane. Well, with this game coming in like right around 7 bucks on both N64 and on PlayStation for the yeah. loose disc, I think that it is safe to say for both of us that we would say this game is worth it. Yeah, definitely. 
at seven to ten. Um, in a heartbeat, if I was at Salvation Army or Goodwill and I saw this there for seven bucks, I don't even have an N sixty four or PlayStation, <laughs> but I'd be like, it would be hard hard time passing that up. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's accessible um, because it it's it's still a fun game. Yep. Um, especially if you if you don't go into it with the mindset of like. I'm going to play this for like an hour or two. If you like actually want to sit down and get through the game and spend time with it, I think you can actually find a lot of fun if you want to learn the special tricks and try to do the career mode with different skaters who have different moves. And like, I feel like there's a lot here and at seven to $10, like you, I don't feel like it's a bad deal at all from the fun that you can actually get out of this game. If you spend, I don't even know, 10 to 20 hours with it. Yeah. The value is here for your money. You're going to get your value out of it. You're going to have fun. And you're not going to break the bank, which is always great. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's uh, probably going to wrap it up. I think it does. Yep. We've covered everything. We're ready. Time to close the lid on this one. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.